Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan Recap, a podcast from Clear Creek Community Church. We're walking through the entire New Testament together in 2024, and in each episode, we'll discuss the past week's scripture reading, what we've learned, how God has convicted us, and how we can prayerfully devote all of this in real ways. We hope it's helpful. All right, guys, here we are again. Week two. Week two. Yeah, the Bible reading plan. Recap. Recap. What is it called again? The reading plan recap. I thought thought you were like, that's not the name. You're just (laughs) extending the end. Like the the Bible reading plan recap podcast. I think week two, we're officially past whenever most people like end their New Year's resolutions, right? So yeah. So So we did it. If you're still here listening. (laughs) You're here week two. Awesome. You made it week two. Uh, I will say for me, uh, this one, you know, I started getting a little bit more diligent. Uh, the bread thing is still pretty rough for me. I was telling Lance, but, but before we started, man, writing is not my thing. And so I was going to ask you, what is hard about bread? Dude, the whole journaling, writing, having to write anything. I'm so not used to pen and paper anymore. And I write like... I want to say a third grader, but maybe third graders have <laughs> way better penmanship than I have. I don't know anymore. I don't think so. I have one. It's I like pure it. chicken scratch. Like half the stuff I write, I can't even read when I go back and read it. So I'm like, why am I even? And as I'm writing, I'm like, I can't even read what I'm writing. And so why am I even writing it? Do you, is it hard but helpful or have you not found it helpful yet? Uh, I just haven't found it helpful yeah. yet. I think it's something I, I, I'm going to commit to try yeah. and doing more. Even the whole writing, the prayer out thing, it... I'm still in the like, oh, this seems really inefficient. I'll just like pray. I'll just do it. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to like write it. So I'm 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 trying. Yeah. I'm I'm getting there. I have never written prayers out ever. And I don't intend to this way. But I, I've always kept a when I am working out of a notebook, a bullet point list of like, yeah. you know, I need to pray for my heart in this way. I pray for Danya this way and the kid, you know, I'll just I'll put Danya's name. I know how I'm gonna pray for her. And and then whatever else I'm praying about. So what has been cool about that though is I can go back a couple of years and flip through a notebook and see what I was yeah. praying for then, and then think about the way God has answered those prayers or the work He's done. In man, yeah, it is neat to see that, even though I don't write full prayers out. Yeah, I find it it just helps me to stay focused. So I like I understand why people would be hesitant to do it because you're like, why am I writing the prayer? Just pray the like because I'm always I'm like, if this feels fake. I'm out. Uh, but for me, it helps me to stay focused because I just get distracted by anything. And so if I'm writing it down, I'm just more likely to just stay on it. I also like, this is so nerdy, but there is actually like brain, like studies about the brain and how it works. And when you actually journal and write stuff down, you're, it just stays with you for longer. Yeah. Your, your brain actually, it does like create pathways and stays longer. So it's yeah. scientific, so you should just do it. Yeah, I found it was Science helpful. Says. Like I even started doing like the headings for each site, like some of the big themes in like, okay, yeah. you know, Luke, Luke 6, these were the big kind of themes like to help try and train like I'm not in reinventing the wheel or like totally making writing out my thoughts. I'm just like kind of dictating like this is kind of what was happening or like if there was a verse that stuck out instead of highlight well I, I, you know highlighting it underlying mm-hmm. someone like mm-hmm. trying to use the journal. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm I'm giving it the old college yeah. try. We'll right. see. Well, I even like going from week 1 to week 2 just having the journal next to me and writing down just even notes cuz that's primarily what I use yeah. it for too. 
I, it helped me to see stuff that I think I probably would have forgotten. Like, oh, I we talked about that last week. Yeah. Like, I saw that last week, and it's just like a reminder of sort of what Luke is doing, which is helpful. Yeah. I will say, based off last week, I, I did notice this week. I'm like, man, uh, he he was a much better writer. He or is a much better yeah. writer in terms of his conciseness. A lot of his stories that you see in other Gospels, it's like he, he's got it down to like the like the tweetable thing. It's like the least amount of characters. <laughs> That's what he had in mind. Yeah, o- o- only he's writing like, what, what would have been on the communications what, team. Yeah, what's essential for uh, stuff, especially as I was before this uh, re re listening and reading to some of stuff. I'm like thinking, like, man, he he was concise and to the point on some of this stuff. Yeah. Here. See, this is why it's good to do it together because I was thinking about something you said whenever I was looking over it too. It's like whenever you were talking about uh, John the Baptist, how he doesn't eat and he wasn't going to eat and drink. And then he, Jesus goes back to that. He's like, yeah. oh, you complain about this. And then you complain about me drinking. Yeah. And yeah. like, that's not what it's about. Yeah. He, he, that Jesus g- says that, that guy was too extreme this way. You're too laxed in this yeah, way. Yeah, there's you. And yeah. neither one is yeah. the is the answer for Christian characters. So yeah, that, I think that was something that, 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 that stuck out on that reading. So let's, let's jump, let's jump in. Uh, I was going to say, say do, do people doing this have to journal? That's a good question. No, definitely okay. not. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, I think that we recommended that and we're going to provide journals. So I don't need to journal? I'm just kidding. kidding. Only Ted does. (laughs) No, it's... um, Well, we talked about it in a way and I know they're trying to, they're they're working on the journal. So it's like, I get they want us to. And so I'm trying to... I do think it's helpful, but do you have to? For sure not. You also don't have to do bread. Right. We, this is what we're recommending and this is a helpful, it's a tool. Just like journaling is a tool. But really, we're hopeful that people are just in the Word yeah. in a very intentional way. Well, let me ask you this. So on the same point, I'd say, like, about doing this and then doing it in community. I mean, even this here, uh, doing it together with you guys, I know both of you, and we're, we're still debating whether we're going to do it as a small group uh, or not. But I don't know, just the value of this. Is, this is a practice we're asking people to do as individuals, like, you wake yeah. up and do this, but there's also a kind of that component of like, oh, do it in community and do it with others. Yeah. So. Whatever community you have, you know, whatever community. You, I'm um, asking my daughters to do it too. My husband is and my daughters are going to, and my husband and I are in different small groups. So it'll be sort of like, I'll have like three communities with you guys, with my small group, with my family yeah. working through this. And you do, you always gain insight because the spirit's working in everyone. And so it's, it really is helpful and there's lots of ways to do it. Yeah. Our small group is going to do it. Like I said, in the last episode, we just read through the whole Bible and this is a different way to encounter the same stuff that we've read. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited about the way, the way we get to engage with that because you like bread. I do. I I wasn't familiar with bread in the past. Mm -hmm. In student ministry, we've used a different acronym, which is similar, but SOAP, Mm -hmm. Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer, which is kind of the same thing. But um, I I do like the way it structures my time and my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I can read a passage, and I'll, I'll like make little verse notes or whatever, and then go back and examine it, and that's when I get to do a little more. Yeah. So what I'm excited about differently than reading through the whole narrative is with my small group, this is going to lend itself more to us talking about our lives. So here's what this says, but how does that work for you and what is it doing in your heart and in your family and all that? 
Yeah. And I think one, obviously a benefit, like even in this context here, it's like there's some accountability mm-hmm. at play to help yep. keep you there. But it also provides some like uh, guardrails or safety nets for when uh, things may come out of line or whack, like you have a safe space to kind of ask those questions or yep. things that come up. Which does remind me, as you're listening, as you're reading, remember, if you have questions, we'd love to answer them, talk about them here. So you can email Clear Creek Resources at clearcreek.org. Very good. Yeah. That's it. For some reason, I'm like, that's such a long Tap <laughs> 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 that out two times. Yeah. That's a, there's, a, there, there's a lot in there. Actually, the other thing it may be worth talking about, because right now, so our children's ministry team developed this uh, bread journal Lance, why don't you just talk about it? You do family ministry stuff. I'm going to butcher it. Oh, no, I can, but you'll do great. Uh, well, I mean, it's basically for families. It's the, It follows along with our... In a sense, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll that's what I'm saying. See, I'm butchering it, dude. Don't, no, don't agree. It, you, you hold so it and like... It, it follows along in that it is a New Testament passage each week. Yeah. But it may not be a New Testament passage we read in the adult reading plan. Yeah. But it, it will feel familiar for, for parents who are leading through this. And it is uh, one short passage, not a whole chapter, but maybe one parable or one story. And it, it'll tell you where to find it. Like the first one is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. But then there are corresponding page numbers for the children's Bibles that we recommend. Yep. Uh, but then we use the, beast, the, the bread acronym as a way for your family, whether you're going to sit at the kitchen table or on the couches in the living room or up in your playroom or wherever you're going to do this. Uh, to to help your kids know what we're gonna do, so it starts with be still. Like that's, mm-hmm. I, I wish we had put that in our old Advent lessons when my kids were yeah. like, kids, be we're gonna. Still. This is telling us we're gonna sit still for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we're gonna we're gonna be still because we're taking some time to intentionally encounter God's word, and we're doing that together as a family. Mm-hmm. And then you read the passage, and then we've given in this guide, which is one quarter of the year, uh, a couple of questions to examine with. So. Uh, you know, for example, on this one in February, the people did a lot of things that showed they love God. What were those things? So you're just asking your kids to repeat back to you what they just heard from these verses. Yeah. Uh, and then the apply sometimes includes an activity. So it'll be your family can do this to help cement these truths for your kids. And again, you just tailor this to your own family experience. And then lastly, you teach your kids, all right, now that we've got this truth from God and we've we've learned from it, let's pray together. Yeah. And you can do this in 10 minutes. You can spend 30 minutes if your kids have that kind of bandwidth. But to establish, it's so hard to establish this time as parents that we're going to sit around and read God's Word because we're running to soccer practice or staying late at work or whatever else we're doing. But nothing could be more important than Mm -hmm. uh, helping your kids see this is a value for you and it should be a value for them. Yeah, that's really good. And so I would say... If you're going through this yeah. and you have questions or something, mm-hmm. you can use that same email address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool. I think we want to know if people how, how people are engaging Absolutely. with this. We would love to. And there yeah. are ways to communicate with our children's ministry staff as well. This is also available on our website as a downloadable PDF. You don't have to have this book. Yeah. It's uh, on the children's ministry resource page. All right. I didn't mean to divert us, but yeah. that is another way that we're, we're doing yeah, no, it's really helpful. bread. And I think I, I guarantee... Uh, well, we were talking about this um, before our last session. The the more you sort of integrate this in the rest of your life, the easier it, it happens, you yeah. know? Because if you're talking to more people about it, it's just part of what you're doing in different spaces, 
then it really, even though it seems like that's more, it's actually easier. And so if this is something you're doing and you're just doing it with your family too, it's just part of your life. And that's just how your family runs. All righty. Let's jump into some of the examine over these weeks. Like what were some of the things that for you guys – as you were examining the scripture, we're going to get real official and technical here. Um, what were some of the things yeah. that a lot a lot happens in these in these verses? I'll start. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of teaching that Jesus gives that's really challenging when you think about it, and you you not just examine it, but examine your own life and try to apply it. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I found myself uh, being reminded of what Zachariah said back in. Uh, chapter 1, verse 78. Oh, I'm, yeah, let's see. 178. So in, in his prophecy after his son, John, who later becomes John the Baptist, is born, he, he's talking, but in verse 78, he says all of these things, because of the tender mercy of our God, mm-hmm. whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And so I, I want to remind myself, these are not just things for me to go do, that first and foremost, the tender mercy of God has given us grace in Jesus so that we can walk in this kind of life, so that we can live in an upside-down kingdom. Like These aren't things I go do so that God will be happy with me. This is first and foremost rooted in the kindness and mercy of God. Now I've, I'm empowered to figure out how to live in this upside-down kingdom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want to kind of frame my mind yeah. this week in yeah. that. Yeah, that's super helpful. I mean, when I was writing down just what do I see happening here, um, you know, a, a large part of this is is who who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And then you get to, and how do I respond to that? So it's almost like what we're trying to do with bread. You know, who, who is Jesus? And then, and then what do I do in response to that? And I think sometimes we jump to what am I supposed to be doing yeah. instead of first, well, who, who, do, who do I say Jesus is? Mm-hmm. Who does Jesus say is, and, and what do I believe about that? Because in all of these stories, that's where it's leading you. You know, whether it's by literally him talking about it or responding to questions or by his actions, he's telling us, this is who I am. Who do you think I am? Yeah. And then how to respond to that. And we have to start there. You know, and I kept asking myself that, well, who do I say Jesus is? Do I actually believe that he is who he says he is? Because that is sometimes really the question. Mm-hmm. It's not even like, what should I be doing with my life? That Because that's overflow from who we actually believe Jesus is. Yeah, I had, the, you know, some, uh, again, a lot happens in here, but um, just this reoccurring theme of like talking about, you know, uh, Jesus reiterating because of their faith or they had faith, whether it was the... Uh, was it the centurion or the woman touches God? I mean, there's a lot of these different stories. And I think for me, what I was struck with a, a, a couple of days, is like, man, sometimes I divulge into this like cynic and I have some skepticism. And so my, my first response isn't like bold faith and belief. It's kind of well, it's skepticism or cynicism about stuff. And so I think I was probably more challenged Cause that, you know, it's yeah. weird. I know Both of them, they not, just, they that's just not ex- the theme of these, yeah, but right. that was something that reoccurred. Definitely that. it was. I mean, just the, the faith in Jesus and what yeah. he can do because of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we should always do this for each other, but like, all right, not just examine, but then apply. How does that look in your life? Yeah. I mean, I think he, he, 
it just made me more aware. I think just in uh, the days where that was mm-hmm. on there, I think throughout the day I found myself checking, like, oh, gosh, like I probably need to – you know, keep that in check or choose to trust and believe, uh, I don't know, just in every different aspect. I yeah. don't know. It's kind of have, like, have that as your default. Instead yeah. Of the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So, yeah. And that's really, and it's really not, hard. I don't think it's like this big, like, over, I mean, I think it, it, it plays out in practical things in conversations and different relationships or situations. So, but th- this is back to me finding myself near a certain, but all right, so what does this have to do with me? And, yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily right, but well, it's, it's how we yeah. respond to who he is though. And yeah. it's also a, it all of these stories are which we talked about this the first week, you know, Luke emphasizes because Jesus emphasizes outsiders. Yeah. You know, the people who are outside and all and almost all these stories are people on the outside. He's inviting people and people are trusting him who, you know, he's the people who who got his call to him already, the Israelites, they're the ones who don't believe him, who are questioning him, who are distorting his law, and who, you know, he says are going to kill me at the end of this section. Um, but as these outsiders, you know, again, it's women, it's, you know, Gentiles, it's the Samaritan, it's all these people who actually, he's saying, these are people who actually have faith in me. Yeah. And so for me, that's, again, a reminder that um, God calls everyone to him. Following Jesus isn't being an insider, Right, it's not being a part of this in club. It's it's actually knowing that we're outsiders who've been received by God, and so then we show that sort of generosity to other people. That's one thing I kept thinking about. Like, am I, you know, because God is generous, and He shows like in all these stories how generous He is. Like, we have to be generous, and do, I don't know. Do I do that? Yeah. Am I that generous with with people, with love, with forgiveness? Because that's what he calls us to. And I think that's, you know, part of what you're saying too is it's it's an overflow, right? Yeah. It's not a list. This is who you're supposed to be. This is this is who God is. This is what Jesus is showing us. Right. That's what it looks like. Yeah, which is why in the in the lead up, we talked about last week the the turn from chapter four to five. And where Jesus then begins doing these things, he's showing us what it looks like. Obviously, we don't have the power he has. And we don't heal people and all of that, but he does model for us who to love and who to spend time with and, and who is important. Right. And so I think that's, yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're saying. We're supposed to show his character because all of these miracles, all these stories, they're both proclamations of who Jesus is. I can, he can do the, you know, who, who is it who can control the weather? Who is it who can forgive sins? Who is it who can just raise someone from the dead? Only God, only the right. son of man can do that. Yep. So it's proclaiming who he is, which is, that's that first question, who is he? But it's also showing us what God's character is, yep. showing us who he is. And it's kind and generous and loving and the one who eventually will make all things new. And yeah. healed and good, and so. So I'm I'm curious from you guys because this happened to me in 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 this section probably more because you get into these stories that you feel like you've heard a lot of times mm-hmm. referenced in sermons and other things where it's like, and I said this earlier. Wait, I didn't remember that story being yeah. that concise, <laughs> or I didn't remember it being said that way. And so I'm just curious, did that come up for you guys ever as you're going through some of these? Like, man, I know like. This mm-hmm. story, I I like how John tells that story, or I like how Matthew really tells that story, or you know, you know, some people have a ch- find that challenging. Mm-hmm. That there are differences in the the way they're told, or some minor details. Um, I think that's something to think about. 
But yeah, yeah uh, I always, when I read through Luke, I always forget about Jesus raising the widow's son until I read it. I'm like, oh, wait, he was raising people from the dead, like, at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. Yeah. You, uh, you have the girl who uh, shows up in several of the Gospels, but then you have Lazarus and John, and it's like, those are the big highlights. But he raises the widow's son, and it blows people away. I always forget that that's there. Yeah. Well, I think when I was reading through these, I was actually really grateful for bread, because I think um, the difference between bread and soap, and there's there's a few different ones, is that we, we really are trying to come to this in a relational prayerful way. Instead of just studying, we're really asking God to be with us and speak to us and meditating on it a little bit more than Mm -hmm. maybe we would otherwise. And so, you know, the story of um, Mary and Martha is one that, I mean... And this is quick. (laughs) And this is quick, but I have heard it. I don't know if you are a woman who has ever been a part of the church, you have heard that many times and that's good, right? That's not bad. I'm not saying that, but you've heard it a lot of times um, but t- to me, to be walking through this um, prayerfully and slowly and thinking through how all of it connects together was really helpful to see it in a new way, to really see it as a part of Luke's big picture purposes, which is this upside down kingdom, you yeah. know, because a lot of times people will teach it as, okay, well, you know, don't be busy, just like sit. And it's really about him inviting a woman who is not supposed to be. Uh, as his student, yeah. you know, it's a totally new thing for women. You sit at my feet, no matter what people say, you are one of my disciples. And that is beautiful and amazing. And so I think like just having the space to sit in that, even though I've heard it a million times was, was really, really good. And just and a reminder that everyone didn't always have this opportunity, just yeah. as far as like how like convicting that was for me. Like I actually can sit at the feet of Jesus. I can go to the throne of God. I am invited to do all of these things. And do you know, do I, like, do I, do I run at that? What's my response to that? Yeah. That's interesting. Just even the idea that like, here we have like a same story and how like you'd say like, Oh, most often people might hear a, a sermon where it's applied this way. And here it's an example for you. It's applying a mm-hmm. different way. Or, yeah. I don't know. That's just cool. Yeah. Any other like examine things or move on to some, did, oh, do you guys have any, uh, application or stuff? I, I have an examine thing uh, from chapter nine. So, um, Jesus, after Peter confesses Jesus as Christ, and then he foretells his death, there's this section, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Yeah. Right. And, it occurred to me some time ago, and then I've just always tried to dwell on this. Uh, when Jesus tells the crowd, take up your cross and follow me, he hasn't yet gone to the cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us, a cross is something you wear on your around your neck or put in your home because it's we connect the cross to Jesus. But even though he continues to tell people he's going to die, they don't get it. Yeah, They're completely in the dark. And I, I wonder what people would have, what their experience would have been when he's saying, because the cross is an execution device. When he's saying, if you're going to follow me, prepare to be executed. Like, prepare to die to who you are because it's a whole new way. Mm-hmm. That's shocking. Yes. That's shocking in a way when you think about it, how, how m- maybe they heard it relative to how we hear it. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm going to take up my cross. Sure, You're like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I'll get one on Amazon. I'm good. Right. It's a. It's not that you need a physical cross to take up your cross in our world, but that is a radical saying. Jesus is is telling his followers, if you want to follow me, you should die. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I totally agree with you. It's 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 so amazing and overwhelming and scary. And also knowing, like you said, when he's teaching this, when he's teaching all these things, he actually does know what's coming. Yeah. So when he says, I, I'm asking this of you, I'm asking you to lose your life to find it. He, he knows he's about to actually lose his life in the worst way possible. And so everything that he's doing, he's saying, I'm, I'm actually doing it for you, but then you follow me in that. But he's doing it beforehand. It's yeah. really is amazing. So how about in that, like even that as an example for you, like how, how do you step from examining that and having that kind of revelation, you're reading there, you're like, dude, yeah, he hasn't even like died on the cross yet, yet he's telling these people that. How does that look like for you processing to the next step of application of from examine in, in an instance like this? Yeah, I, I mean, I can sit and start making a list of all the ways I know I'm not doing that. Um, and sometimes it's helpful to do, to, to, to do that. But I have to... I have to just spend time thinking about, all right, what are the things, um, let me, if I wish, I wish I could rewind the, the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I realize that uh, after reading that, I am so selfish. I think about, like, I'm first in my mind so often uh, at home, at, just everywhere I go. And, and then I read this and I'm, I'm reminded, actually, Jesus says to follow him is, is that I... I put everything else for everyone else first. I mean, obviously, the Lord comes first, but then people. I mean, that's the the greatest commandment, and then the second greatest commandment. So, I I just try to think about if I'm going to apply this to my life, I can't radically change everything at once. Following Jesus is a is a lifelong experience and project. So, what are the things today I know I've got to do differently? I, I've got to be uh, less selfish. Or I, I recently. Um, all right, here we go. A little vulnerability. So look, I, I've realized that I my speech is short with my wife, Danya, sometimes. I'll respond to her in a way that if I think about it after, it's like, why? This is the person who loves me most and that I love the most, yet uh, the person who should get the most amount of grace from me sometimes gets the worst of me. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, when I when I think here, just practically speaking, die to self, There's a, I could list a hundred things. That's one of the things at the top of the list. Like, mm-hmm. I've I've got to consider her when I open my mouth yeah. instead of just what I'm thinking. I think that's helpful. And I think why I asked that is some of it for me is like still like my struggle with the whole like journaling yeah. aspect of this is for so much. It, it is like the meditation, the thinking and getting like from up here, you know, then down to like here. Yeah. And so that's helpful to hear. It's encouraging. Well, it's way to think for me, that, the practice of, of doing that, though, it becomes that much more real. Yeah. Like, not only has the thought entered my mind, I've I've written it down, and now if I don't do something about that, yeah. I have a bigger mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Yeah. So it just brings, I don't know, more weight to the whole thing for me. Yeah. I mean, w- all of Luke, we, we talked about this last week, which I'll try to stop saying that, but... Uh, <laughs> This is this continuation of the Jewish story, which is just all the whole story. It's the big story. 
And it's these promises that God's made that he's fulfilling. And you, you see that even in this section, you know, Jesus calls 12 disciples, which is supposed to remind you of the 12 Israelites. And then he immediately gives them this new law, which is really what we're talking about. These Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Plain is what they call it in Luke. It's sermon on the Plain? Sermon on the Plain, instead of the Mount, same place, same sermon. I didn't pick up on that. Um, that's just what it's called. It doesn't yeah. matter. Was that like the title? Like, what is, what no. is that? Sermon on the Plain. It's just... It's, it's an abbreviated sermon on, yes. sermon on the Mount from okay. Matthew chapter yeah, five, yeah. six, yes. and seven. So, so it's just the Beatitudes. No, I got that. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't know where it said that where it called it the plain. I don't even know. Okay. So I'm, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> are you like, making stuff know. up, Rachel? <laughs> I, I'm really not, but I don't know where it says it. But Sorry, that's what I didn't it's mean called. to interrupt. <laughs> no, uh, but it's really it's just it, it. And this all this all connects to me. So it's this it's this new people of God. Right, so it's the twelve disciples. It's this new law, right? Because after we had the twelve tribes, they got the law in the Old Testament, and now it's a new people with a new law, and the law is this upside down kingdom. And so it's again, it's this question of, of how is that true? What Jesus is claiming, and then I'm His people now, and so this is what I do, and then Jesus shows us what to do. Um, but, but what I, what I, what was hard for me was um, thinking through. Like, uh, I actually just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I know. I interrupted you. So I no, feel, I know, I'm like, no, dang no, it. I'm I like, blame wait, myself. I screwed this it all was, up. It was, it was like, I don't even know. You can keep going. It's connected to what Lance was saying. You're talking about the story of Israel. Yes. But, um, oh, it was outsiders. It's a new yeah. people. Sorry yeah. about that. It's, it's a totally new people, which includes outsiders. And so, um, Jesus loves us that way. And so how, how do we then you know, communicate that same kind of love to everyone else around us. You know, yeah. it's a totally different people in this story. Oh so. yeah. And it's definitely like convicting in some of that. That was some of the stuff I, I reflected on just this idea of like having a heart for the outsider, you know? Yeah. It, it, there's definitely some missional living yeah. application stuff. I think in, in some of these, it's like, you know, how am I, Right, because you know. Lance is you're talking about like loving the people near you the best, and I feel like those are the, those are the two hardest things. It's like yeah. your reactions to those who are right next to you, and then there's also this sort of knee jerk reaction to people who are not like you. You know, you know, right. I mean, or who? Oh, the Good you, Samaritan story is all about. Or that. think yeah. differently, yeah. and Jesus is saying, "Hey, like you have to love them like I love you." Yeah. You know, you forgive because I forgave you. You love because I loved you. That is hard, and that is very, very convicting to me. Can I even do that? You know, that's really convicting. Yeah. Like, am, am I the friend of sinners? Yeah. You know, as or a, do I, I even know who, yeah. who the sinner is? Like, well, you know, and, it's a plank in, plank in your you eye, know, yeah. is, you know, yeah. speck in someone else's eye too. It's, am I also recognizing, hey, I'm actually an outsider, right? I'm part of the new people invited into God's kingdom that he's invited in, you know, and so am I, A, do I recognize that? Am I dealing with my own? sinfulness and then how am I treating people that I just feel like are other, yeah. you know? Yeah. As a sinner saved by grace, how mm -hmm. am I? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how are you treating someone who votes for the other guy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there like, you go. Oh, dude, yeah. everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think what we're saying is that when, when we're reading this, not only are there different layers, but whatever's happening in our own heart, causes certain parts of it to, to bubble up to the surface, mm -hmm. which is why 
I mean, God's word is so rich, but which is why when you read it, different things will, you'll notice different things the next time than you did this time. And why I I always tell people, like, you should always be reading the Bible uh, for the rest of your life. It's not something you do once and then you're done. Like, I did that. Uh, No, it's God's living and active word, sharper than any two edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and of spirit. Uh, So. It's, and it's amazing that that is true, and also that no one has ever changed. Like, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, yeah. the same things that Jesus is teaching about and showing so well, it's still our problems. You know, yep. we, we still become the Pharisee or or we become, you know, the older brother or whatever it is. We, we do all the same things that everyone has always been doing, and the answer is still the same. It's always the same. You know, it's you know, fear of God mm-hmm. and humility and allegiance to Jesus. It's always the same answer, but doesn't make it easier. Yeah. Well, I, d- I didn't have any specific questions uh, for uh, this week, but I'm curious in, in the reading, was there any that like have come up that you've heard? I mean, Lance is a, a pastor uh, of one of the campuses. I mean, Rachel Clear Creek Resources, anything, any of the themes or big things that, oh man, people usually always struggle with this or ask that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Do, I mean, I th- I, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, there's just so, there's so much in here. So I think we're like both hesitant because, yeah. because we could talk about this for like 15 hours or so. Um, there, I, I do think another, um, point that I just was contemplating this week, whenever I was reading it is whenever Jesus goes, you know, and the transfiguration, he goes on the mountain, there's this transfiguration whenever he's really revealed in all of his okay, glory. Okay. Okay. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's kind of unpack that a little mm-hmm. bit. What transfiguration? What does that mean? Yeah. That's like a. Was it like? <laughs> no, no, like you right. I know. I know. But a do, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a dollar word, or what do they say? Like, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, we don't have to get into the details of it, but maybe unpack that a little bit. Like, what what what's happening there? What does that mean? Well, the truth is, is we don't really know exactly what that means, but we do know that Jesus was in some way transformed, and 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 Jesus in all of his glory was revealed. Yeah. So he he was revealed glorified as the son of man in that moment. In the same way Moses was a little bit, right? And whenever yeah. in Exodus, he Moses reflected the glory of God from his face because yeah. he was in the presence of God. Yeah. This is Jesus fully reflecting the glory of God because he is the son of man. He is the one. Yeah, but the way we read, I don't know where is that. I was in, which way? Back here. It's in nine. Nine, yeah. I guess maybe I didn't... I, I, I didn't. Maybe I need to reread it again. But that was, this was the whole like the cloud thing, and the, yes, they're yeah. there, and it's like, but they don't get to see it. They just hear, right? Yeah, they see like, yeah. Jesus is transfigured. He he he. Something about him is now different in this moment. Mm-hmm. And Peter, you gotta love Peter in this story. I love Peter always. He's like just a build. I'm gonna build tents, one for you, Moses and Elijah, mm-hmm. and like, it's like he doesn't even know what he's doing. Yeah, there is as we talked about last week a hyperlink to the Old Testament that uh, Rachel brought up to the Exodus story where Moses is up, experiences God's presence. Uh, somehow, Jesus has been transfigured, yet they can look upon him. Moses mm-hmm. couldn't look upon God. Yeah. Uh, when he asked to see, God said, no, I'll hide you in the rock and you can see my back when I walk by if you know the story. So uh, for me, there's this... I've, I've always wondered about what this means, but wrapped up in the moment is also Jesus' humanity mm-hmm. because... Yeah. Uh, they experience him as as a man who is also Lord, but in this moment he seems to be like the Lord who is also man. 
Yeah. Uh, the weight of those things feels reversed as I read the story. Yes. It's and, it, and, it, and it's a, and it's amazing too. I mean, because like you're saying, like this is this moment whenever they're seeing this glory of God, because it really is a hyperlink to that, but it's in human form and they can be fully in the presence of yeah. this, which is really unbelievable. And one of the other things that I think is really amazing about it is then he walks down into sort of just like, again, messy yeah. stories of the real world. Yeah. And, and that, when I was reading through that, like that sort of encapsulates the beauty of this glory, like this glory of God, this, this holiness of God. Like we're saying this, mm-hmm. when we think about the fear of God, that's what it is, stepping into humanity. Because he comes down and there's this kid who has demons that he has to deal with and you know his disciples who are so confused. And he, that's really who Jesus is but he still just steps into the mess straight yeah. from that. And then he, I think the next thing he says is, I'm going to, I'm about to go die yeah. for all of you. <laughs> yeah. He keeps saying that. So yeah. he does. You know, that was, you say the demon thing. I was one thing I, I think too, just reading the same, man, like I forget like how much demons play in the casting out of demons there are. And like, you know, again, I'm not the Bible scholar, but there is, there's gotta be some like, obviously it's, you know, probably pointing to like his Dominion, his authority over oh, and absolutely. in that time, you know, people like that's exactly sound like it. everybody knew it, but uh, there's just a lot of it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I don't and, know. and it's when people experience it, it's powerful. That I think about the story where they come up on shore and the man comes running up and he's demon possessed, mm-hmm. and Jesus casts the demons into the pigs, pigs. yeah. And they go, and then it says that the townspeople come up and they see the man. Seated and then make him leave and clothed. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't know why, uh, but I got if you've ever been in a car accident or on the scene of one where it's like after after the thing has happened, when the first responders are standing around and they're doing all the stuff, and the people who have been affected by it are just like sitting there dazed. Mm-hmm. That was what went through my mind as I read this. Like this guy is in shock. Yeah, yeah. And the people who watched it happen are probably like, I what? can't believe. Yeah. yeah, I just watched that happen. Yet. Jesus, like it, with a simple, with a simple word, yeah, because that his was his authority. Dominion. Yeah, that's right. I, I love that story too because you know we we're talking about what it means to take up your cross and mm-hmm. how we have to be willing to lose our lives if we really believe that Jesus is who He says He is. He tells this guy once He says, "Let me come with yeah. you." He thinks that's what it means to follow Jesus, and Jesus says, "Go home, go home, and tell everybody what God has done for you." And that to me was also powerful. You know. Part of this humility and submission to God is where do you want me to go? And sometimes it's home. Yeah. You know, and that that's where God wants your ministry to be is right where you are. And it, sometimes that's harder. You know, it's like, even if it's intimidating, it's easier to be like, oh, go on a mission trip. But actually what he wants you, what he asked him to do was go home and tell everybody, tell yeah. your story. Yep. That's your calling. Yeah. I, I would say that that's, that's actually a thread that runs through this is the idea of Jesus calls us to go. He sends out his disciples, mm-hmm. then he sends out the 72. Yep. He tells this guy, go. That's, Actually, That's coming up in here. It feels like there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, he's like, that's what my people do, is they don't just keep this to themselves. They go, yeah. and they go to new places or places they don't necessarily want to be, and they, they bring this upside-down kingdom with them, and they live in a way where they take God's kingdom, heaven, bring it to earth through the way that they live because they've experienced the kindness and mercy of God through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's something like, yeah, that's a whole different thing. I think recently I've been wrestling with this idea of like, 
you know, I, I, some of the things I do here is help tell some of the stories that happen in people's lives. And I think often it's easy to like point back to this experience in our history, like, Oh, when I was saved or this big thing that Mm -hmm. happened. And while that's totally awesome, I just feel like, man, there's something to be said for trying to figure out a way to help people. And even in my, my own life, like how do I recognize the, the things that God not just saved me from back when I came to faith, but that he saved me from yesterday, this week, this morning. And how am I in tune and aware enough of, yeah, just the the things that he's saving me from, yep. not just what I was saved from. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes to, it's not just the one thing that happened that you got to go tell people about. It's like, how am I living in a way that's telling people or communicating to people that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one thing that's really beautiful about all the stories, you know, because anytime we're in any of the gospels, it's all the stories is they're all really different. They have one thing in common and it is Jesus working. You know, it's the grace of God shown to us in Jesus, but they're really different. I mean, even what I was saying about Mary, um, that's, like she will go and you know, she went and said, this is what Jesus did for me. He let me sit at his feet and be his student. That's what he did for me. You know, I mean, everything he did for someone was different to the woman who was bleeding, who was untouchable, you know, who was made dirty just by, if she made people dirty just by her presence, he saved her just through her faith. So it's everyone's story is different. And all you have to do is tell your story. You go and you tell your story. This is what God has done for me. Yeah. All right, uh, guys, I think we could go for a lot longer, but I think we've kind of, week two, we, we've recapped as best as we can. And so thank yeah. you for being here. I know you you, you prayed last time. Is yeah. that something like we should do every time? I or? think, I we, think should. we should, yeah. All right. Well, I'll pray for us. Yeah, sure, see. absolutely. Heavenly Father, um, what you have done for us in Christ is just unbelievable and overwhelming, God. We pray that you would keep that close to us, God, that we would remember all the time, what you have done and are doing for us in Christ. God, help us to be um, confident in who Jesus is, that he is who he claims to be God, and let us be humble and submit our lives just completely and fully to him. Um, Pray for everyone who is reading along with us, God, and listening. God, would you just bear fruit in their lives through their faithfulness? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's Bible Reading Recap. We hope these conversations are helpful as we all seek Jesus and His Word. Listen, if you go to clearcreekresources.org, we have a lot more resources dedicated to helping you study the Bible. Because when we open the Bible, God opens His mouth. Let's continue to seek God in Scripture together. We'll see you next week.